It's another Monday pun day here on The Inner Life. I lost my mood ring the other day. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley. Thanks for tuning in for this hour of on-air and online spiritual direction. And today, anyway, one miserable pun. Losing things is a fact of life. And depending on how critical to our lives we view the item lost, we tend to react accordingly, right? Those items with relatively small utility and value, paper clips, pens, socks, and mood rings, maybe, doesn't really elicit much of a reaction, maybe a little frustration. But if you go losing your glasses, your wallet, or your keys, things get serious. Last week, for example, I thought I had lost my phone, and wow, did I spring into high alert. But what about losing the Christian faith? Many of the people I know who have walked away from Jesus or the church don't appear to be all that bothered by it. Though, in fact, it may trouble them more than they're letting on. Another difference between losing things and losing your faith is that the latter is, at least in part, the result of a choice of the will. We don't choose to lose material things. If we did, they wouldn't be lost. They'd be thrown away or discarded. Losing faith involves making a practical choice to stop going to Mass or to give up praying, for example, even if that choice is precipitated by an encounter with, say, hypocrisy or scandal. But just as we all have all lost things before, I'm guessing we all know someone, perhaps many someones, who have lost the faith. It's heartbreaking, especially when you know and dearly love someone who has walked away. Prayer intentions we receive here at Relevant Radio abound for those who have left the faith behind, and you can sense the anguish that people feel as they solicit prayers for their loved ones. Be assured, we are praying for you. We can and do pray, but what else can we do? What's too much? What's too little? What drives people away from the faith in the first place? Losing faith is our topic for today here on The Inner Life. Joining us as our spiritual director is Father Michael Martin, who is a conventional Franciscan priest and pastor of St. Philip Benisi in Jonesboro, Georgia. Welcome back to the program, Father. Good to have you with us. Patrick, thanks so much. Great to be with you. And uh, I think I will um, use that very poor pun. I I laughed out loud, so uh, I don't know what that says about me. Oh, very good. Well, you know, just a little bit of levity to get our work week kicked off here on a Monday morning. Exactly. So, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of levity about our topic today um, because no, people do no. lose faith. And um, let's start just by defining faith. I mean, it seems like it's something that we we all know and have an idea of what it means. But how would you or how would the church define faith, Father? Yeah, a uh, good Good way for us to start. Certainly, uh, the catechism's first, gosh, probably 20 pages um, really address all of the unique nuances of what that word means for us uh, specifically. And and um, I, I think knowing that, first of all, it's a gift, and at the same time, an action is, um, you know, important for our listeners and for all of us to to remember that faith is first and foremost a gift from God. 
Um, and, and secondly, that we then have to do something with that gift. And that, that action of uh, placing our lives uh, in uh, relationship with God um, such that we're willing to align ourselves with God is at the heart of, of faith. And so it gets beyond, you know, a, just a listing of doctrinal statements those doctrinal statements are very important. Uh, however, um, knowing those does not necessitate um, actual faith. And so uh, keeping that, it's, it is a gift, and then we have to act upon it by aligning our lives with God uh, in trust. Uh, is the, is the, that, that would be the Mike Martin synopsis of the first 20 pages of the catechism. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's pretty impressive that you could just pull that right up there, Father. I, I like that. Well, you know, I just, uh, it's, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, so it's a, it's a gift and it's an action. So as with many things with our yeah. spiritual life, I mean, it, it respects our freedom and and elicits a response from us, whether that's a positive or a negative one. So on the positive side of things, when we recognize faith as a gift, we embrace we receive that gift and then i assume then for faith to not just begin but to grow as well then obviously we need to nurture it right how do we nurture that faith when people say yes to faith what are the things that they you typically find them doing yeah you know we just uh we just had yesterday you know the the gospel of the sower and mm-hmm. uh and it 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 so speaks to this very point about how can we cultivate uh, a space in our lives that will receive the gift of faith well and will allow it uh, to grow and allow us to really take active steps in faith? And so um, I, I think the, the, the one that I have found that is most poignant and, and most powerful for me to help me to grow in faith is by focusing on Jesus. Like the more I think about Jesus, the more I look at the cross, the more I consider who Jesus is, the more I, it kind of blows my mind, obviously, uh, but also I'm, I'm brought into a realm that's beyond the here and now and, and allows me to, to accept things I cannot see, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I, I think if if all we do is look for some mental gymnastic that will create a space for faith to grow, I think we may be um, we may be missing the the personal encounter with Jesus right. that um, always fosters and tills that soil. So um, I, I think that's that's how we best. Um, prepare ourselves, prepare good soil to receive and to act upon our faith is by our focus on Jesus. That the more we focus on ourselves, the less likely we are uh, to believe uh, really in anything. You know, I mean, I, I think that's that's the tragedy of our of our current time is that um, we've removed focus upon something greater than ourselves, and we find ourselves adrift as yeah. a result. Right. It brings to mind uh, what Pope Francis said a few years ago, um, and I think he's drawing on some similar sayings by some of his predecessors here, too. But the Christian faith is not a theory, philosophy or an idea, 
but as you said, Father, an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. I mean, it, it really draws into that it's a it's a whole life, it's a friendship, it's a relationship, it's it's not simply a cognitive assent to a set of beliefs, right? Right, and and what's so uh, troubling today is that ideology has so um, uh, hijacked our our public discourse uh, that it it precludes relationship. It precludes uh, the ability to see people as individuals, and hmm. and so that construct has also impacted the life of faith such that when we only see um, the life of faith as uh, an intellectual pursuit, it, it again, it removes the person from the, from the dynamic, and, and as, a, as a result, it leaves us flat and always wanting more. And, and what also happens is that the, the, the tendency, <clears throat> pardon me, the tendency to, um, to dismiss what doesn't truly satisfy. And that's, that's where the Holy Father's so, so appreciates what, what this world is deeply longing for. Yeah. Well, I very interesting turn of phrase you use there, Father, that ideology precludes relationship. You think that's especially true in our day and age today? I, you know, I'm not, uh, I have a good friend of mine, another uh, friar, uh, Tim Kolbicki, who's a fabulous church historian, and he always has really great insights around being able to pick out different times throughout the course of human history where, um, you know, when we think that we're so unique in this moment, he's always great at being able to say, well, you know, actually, and, and I, I'm just not that good, so, but I, I, I would... <laughs> I would say that the you know the human person um, has been experiencing these sorts of ebbs and flows uh, for all time since the fall, and so sure. um, I I do think that it it gets made manifest um, or it's being made manifest in a particular way today in our public discourse that um, that is easier for us um, to see it and to acknowledge it. What's harder for us is to pull ourselves out of it and say, right. I reject that way of, of looking at the world. I'm particularly thinking that that's true even of our interpersonal relationships with, with other human beings, right? That oftentimes if we hear that a certain person holds a certain belief or ideology or philosophy that contradicts ours, that uh, we can be dismissive, I suppose, at least, but we can actually, I mean, we can lash out, we can be, we can push away and not even entertain in the smallest degree the idea of a relationship there. That seems to be pretty destructive, even our interpersonal relationships, all the more so in our relationship with God. Yeah, and, and that's where uh, the Second Vatican Council, I think, um, so um, brought us into appreciating um, the the goodness that is in uh, the hearts of people who see life differently and believe different things than we believe uh, and and helped us to to really focus our attention on the person while we may not espouse their their beliefs there's there's still an opportunity for us to engage uh, and to find common ground that 
is part of the human experience, you know, that we're all united even when we, we see things differently. And so in our ecumenical dialogue in particular, uh, when we talk about, you know, what is faith and what, it, what is it that we believe, um, you can't oversimplify it and say, well, we're all, you know, we all sort of believe the same thing or some of the maybe rather uh, overly simplistic, uh, well, we're, we're all climbing up the same mountain just by, you know, diff- different paths. And uh, none of those really um, fit well into acknowledging the, the differences in an understanding of the truth. That yeah. said, if all we do is objectify it out into creedal statements and, um, and, and make it so analytical that we miss the person who's before us, um, I think we have we've lost the opportunity to allow faith in action that calls us uh, to a deeper love of all of our brothers and sisters, regardless of their faith. Father Mike Martin, a conventional Franciscan priest, is our spiritual director here on The Inner Life. We're talking about losing faith. Have you ever had a time in your life where you walked away from the faith, walked away from church, walked away from the Lord? What was that time like? How would you say it, it typified your existence there? How did it influence who you were and how you acted? Or perhaps you have subsequently, please God, come back to the faith. What was it that triggered your return? We'd love to hear some testimonies from you. Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Some deep things here, Father, that we're already getting into, and um, philosophies, ideologies, that sort of thing are the things that can lead us astray. But I, I can't help but wonder if there isn't a lot of just a rejection of the faith based on maybe even very specific moral teachings that tend to rise to the fore. Um, I'm thinking about teaching on abortion, teaching on homosexuality, teaching on uh transgender or gender dysphoria, that sort of thing, um, that uh, seems to be isolating and accusatory and therefore drives people away. What do you think about something like that? Well, I I mean, I I think those become scapegoats uh, for a much deeper issue. And uh, and so I, I really don't believe that the person who finds themselves in conflict with a particular tenant of the church's uh, uh, faith and morals uh, would uh, automatically, you know, jump ship based on, you know, one, one item alone. Um, I, I think what, what all of us confront is the, the challenge of finding a way to bow before teachings that we can't get our head around, and mm-hmm. and are we are we in humility willing to to do that and trust that the church uh, has the the blessing of the life of the Holy Spirit and uh, and mm-hmm. the witness to truth of two thousand years of continuous teaching that that has so much to offer and so much more to transform our lives. Does that mean that, you know, every teaching uh, that the uh, that the church has ever uh, put forward um, has been, you know, infallible? No. You know, we reserve certain 
doctrinal statements to the level of infallible. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, beyond that, I think we have to say, okay, how can I be a part of the conversation as, as while I'm still uh, assenting to something greater than myself? You know, it, it, I think for all of us that have maybe had a few more years on the planet than others, um, mm -hmm. there's a great opportunity to marvel at the, um, you know, the, the, the wisdom of other people and their intelligence. And, you know, I'm sure you and maybe a number of our listeners have been in a conversation where we've all heard our inner voice say, you know, God, I'm glad I'm not the smartest person in the room. You know, I'm glad there's, there's someone else here, you know, and yeah. that's the beauty of the church is that we, 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 we don't have to carry this by ourselves. And, and so as a result, um, in humility, we bow before before the greater faith than even I can in my small mindedness, even I can fully grasp. And so that's yeah. where I think um, we've got to move beyond some of these individual uh, issues and ask deeper questions that say, of course, you're not going to, you know, believe what the church teaches on abortion, unless you have some, you know, deeper rootedness in the person of Jesus and in in the people of God, you know, and so faith is hard, you know, it's mm -hmm. it's hard, and so um, oftentimes those those uh, particular uh, issues that people have are um, are really reflective of a of a something else that's that's below that that's even that's even more problematic and oftentimes that's you know just not a, a very deep relationship with Christ in the church that was a long answer I apologize but no uh, not at all tough, not tough at all stuff. father yeah it is tough stuff and I and I think this is exactly the point that we wanted to get to is getting down to the nitty-gritty of what it is and not just surfacey stuff, but the deep stuff that uh, that people wrestle with, or or perhaps should be wrestling with, uh, when it comes to losing faith. Losing faith is what we're talking about here on the Inner Life today. If you have had a time in your life where you walked away from the church, from the faith, and uh, what we want to know, what kind of effect did that have on your life? Maybe if you're willing to share, why? Why did you walk away? And then if you came back, what what was it that drew you back to the faith? And can you articulate that and share that with others to encourage and inspire? 888-914-9149 is our number. 888-914-9149. Our email address, if you'd prefer to send an email, is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Let's take a phone call. Mary is calling in from Detroit. Mary, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Sure. I, um, I'm calling because... Um, I was in a realm, you know, there's a realm that you live in when you live for the Lord. And um, suddenly I met some people that I thought, you know, how you know how you think, oh, this is God, this is, this is heaven still. And I was wrong. And it, I kind of got out of my faith-based lifestyle. And I'm wondering... Other than my repentance, I don't know if I'm still having a guilt feeling or whatever. Um, how do you get back there? How do you know that God has still has you and 
you have not really let him down. And I, I feel like let him down. And the thing of it is that you can tell the difference when you step out of his glory and out of his way of life. Your life is not the same. It's it's um, hectic. It's um, hurtful. It's um, confusing. And I want to go back where I had the peace of mind that I had and um, the growing that I had for go- moving forward and not moving backwards. But I trusted that. I met an individual, and, you know, I jumped too soon thinking God sent me someone uh, I'm going to tell you what I said. Oh, when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I I got carried away, and I'm feeling bad. Mary, you know, first of all, so glad you called. And, you know, you can just hear in your voice that the Holy Spirit is uh, is active in your life and is rooting you in uh, in something greater than yourself. Not only are you a, a seeker, you know, you're out there looking for signs that the Lord is guiding you and that you can you can trust in. But the, the, the more appropriate thing is that spirit of repentance that you have that says, I realize I, I, I stepped astray and I, and I want to do what I can to bring myself back. I think in, in humility, man, you are right in, in the right space, Mary. Praise God that you're you 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 appreciate that. What I would say to you, though, and and this sometimes it's it's just a matter of language, but also I I I think we can get a little too fixated on uh, going back. You know, you, you say I just want to get back to where I was, and uh, Mary, that that ship has sailed. You know, we none of us can get back to where we were. The only way is forward. And if if think about uh, Saint Paul trying to live his life saying, I wish I could go back to where I was before I uh, stood at the feet of the, the, the stoning of, of St. Stephen, and I wish I didn't participate in that. Or I wish, you know, any of the, any of the great saints, you know, you know, could, you can't do that. And in fact, we believe in the resurrection where Christ raises up even this misstep of yours to take you to a new place that he can make even better than what you desire in sort of going back to some space in your faith journey from the past. So I would just say to you that um, you, you haven't lost your faith at all. In fact, what you've done is you've continued to seek it and you found where you were off the right, off the you know, the wrong path, and you're you're coming back to the Lord, and that journey back is as sacred as it gets. And so try not to to wish it away and say, hey, I wish I could go back to some previous moment. That 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 moment's gone. There's Mary who's had the benefit of experiencing what a misstep can be. And now you're more resolved to continue to move forward with the Lord. Wow. Good stuff, Father. Thank you for that. And Mary, thanks for the thanks for the call. Thanks for the honesty in that. And uh, and Father, I think it's a great piece of advice that uh, that it doesn't that the Lord is always leading us on. That there is there is such gold to be found in the redemptive work that He does in our lives. 
that uh, oftentimes it's just a platform to see him shine all the more, isn't it? Right. Oh, man. Mary, great call. Thank you so much for calling in. We're talking about losing faith here on The Inner Life. If you've ever been away from the faith, we want to know what effect, what drove you away, what effect did that have on your life? And if you've since returned, what was it that drew you back? 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short break here on The Inner Life, but we'll be back with more right after this. Please stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back. Welcome back, not just to the inner life, but also to the faith. As we're talking about losing faith here on the inner life today, what was it that drove you, perhaps you or a loved one, away from the faith? And what effect have you seen uh, in your life and the life of a loved one because of that? And if you came back, welcome back. And hopefully you can tell us what what, what it was that drew you back. 888-914-9149. Before we jump back in, just... A reminder that, you know, Relevant Radio is partnering with the National Eucharistic Congress as the premier sponsor. The National Eucharistic Congress will be held in Indianapolis one year from now, July of 2024, and we'll be broadcasting live on site all day and into the evening. And we want to invite you to join us. Let's show up for Jesus at this once-in-a-lifetime celebration of the Eucharist, July 17th through 21st, 2024, in Indianapolis. You can learn more and keep up to date about the Congress by signing up at relevantradio.com slash Indy. That's I-N-D-Y. See you there. All right, let's go back to the phones, Father. We have Natalia, who is calling in from Northern California. Good morning, Natalia. Thank you for calling. Hi, good morning. Um, My question and concern that I want to um, share and ask is, how are we expected to keep our faith when, after so much suffering and prayer and devotion and imploring for intercession, things continue to get worse and harder and harder? We are in what I would consider to be somewhat of a desperate situation that we by no means ever intended or wanted to be in, and we've tried so hard to avoid being in the situation and it just seems that things are our struggle is getting seriously more and more concerning and, and and challenging for us so my faith is starting to you know i'm starting to question it it's like how much how do i hang in there when i don't feel like he's listening Natalia, I'm so glad you called, and I would just encourage you, first and foremost, to find other faith-filled people to walk with you during this difficult time, because none of us uh, on our own are meant to go through some of the challenges that you're experiencing right now that are, are, um, are, are really shaking you to your core. And so um, I, I can't hope in the span of a, a call-in show to be able to really um, help uh, buoy you up in the way in which uh, the Holy Spirit can 
with the work of other people in a faith community around you to, to strengthen you during this difficult time. And so uh, that would be my, my first, uh, be it recommendation. Secondly, I, I would just say to you that um, the, the nature of faith uh, is, uh, is to believe even when all indications are to the contrary. And um, what, what I would look for is less some answer to my prayer and more to the God who wants to walk with me in the midst of the challenge that I'm experiencing. I, I think that we dismiss uh, quite regularly the, the reality that, that sin uh, has created in our world and the impacts that that have on us. And it, it, may, it may not be your sin at all. It could be the sin of someone else. And, uh, and so to, to say, I can't get around someone else's sin, someone else's, you know, very wrong action that's impacting, you know, my life or my family's life. But I know that my Lord has experienced that as well. Jesus experienced all of the, the challenges and difficulties that we confront, and he wants to walk with you in this journey through those challenges. That doesn't mean that his answer to you has to be, it could be, but it doesn't have to be, I'm going to change your situation and the thing that is, is problematic for you right now, tomorrow or today or right in this moment, it's going to disappear. That could happen, certainly, but if if God chooses to do that, so be it. At the same time, God chooses to walk with you regardless of the outcome of those events that oftentimes are, are based on the free choices of other people, either from the past or, you know, people of, of, of today. And so can you see Jesus walking with you in this moment? That's... Mm to me, the, the tougher uh, thing for you to, to prayerfully reflect upon. N- nothing is an, uh, you know, is a ultimatum, you know, that says either this happens or else I'm out. You know, none of us walk in relationships of love that way. Uh, and so I encourage you to walk with Jesus in love, not by ultimatum, but rather by finding ways to continue to see him supporting you, even if it's that the Holy Spirit spurns you to make this call, you know, and and, and hopefully to give you some hope that uh, that he, he continues to be with you in the midst of the struggle. I, I can't sit here and say, oh, don't worry, you know, Natalia, it'll, tomorrow it'll all be better. I, you know, I, I don't have that uh, silver, you know, or that crystal ball or I, I can't sprinkle that fairy dust, but I do know that regardless of what happens, my faith has seen Jesus walk with me through very challenging times, and I'm betting you can as well. Hmm. And Natalia, for, for what it's worth, I know that when uh, when I've gone through some pretty significant struggles in my own life, I found a lot of consolation just in, in uh, reading the stories of the saints who they themselves have just, you know, have gone through tremendous amounts of struggles, uh, as we've seen. And it seems like that that is, that in some ways, as you were just saying, Father, it buoys you up in the faith. It, it, it lifts in saying that, hey, well, if this is, I think it was, 
if I'm not mistaken, it was St. Teresa of Avila who, after one particularly uh, pr- pronounced struggle time, he, she heard God saying uh, to her, well, this is this is how I treat all my friends. And her response was, was <laughs> no wonder you have so few of them, right? Or something like that. <laughs> anyway, to the Lord. But uh, how about that, Father? How about, uh, I mean, turning to the saints, you know, getting familiar with the story of the saints and recognizing that, man, there are some huge struggles that they went through as well. Right. And, you know, even the saints of, of our own neighborhoods, you know, we don't, yeah, we, don't uh, we don't have to look to, you know, 16th century Europe. You know, you can, um, you can, you know, some people in your own Christian community that uh, are tremendous witnesses to, um, to, you know, walking with the Lord through difficulty. But you're right, the saints do it uh, in an exemplary uh, way, and 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 they give us they give us hope. But um, find that hope is is you know get in a good Christian community that's going to uh, support you longer term uh, and you'll see those witnesses alive and well that's right so call upon the church militant and the church triumphant in the midst of your struggles and tell you and be assured of our prayers for you as well thank you for the phone call let's go next to robert who's calling in from the san francisco bay area in california robert thank you for calling in uh you're welcome hello good morning guys hi morning um uh, I'm kind of the king of a uh, long-winded um, explanation, so I'll try and keep it as short as possible. Just if you want me to expand on stuff, go ahead. Um, but uh, my mom was an Italian immigrant, and she grew up in the region where Saint Dominic was um, doing all of his work. And so my mom had an extremely strong Italian Catholic back background and upbringing. Um, when uh, she came over here, my dad was agnostic or, um, you know, doesn't believe, doesn't care to believe. But now growing up throughout my whole life, I realized that my dad, my dad was saying God by using the word mother nature. So he always expressed to us mother nature and respect to the planet. And so, um, I grew up, me and my brother at, um, Italian, or I'm sorry, at a uh, Catholic schools and, uh, our whole lives. Um, by the time I was like 16 or 17, I was just, I don't know, I guess maybe like a lot of teenagers and young individuals in their lives, just thinking, yeah, whatever. And um, is this real or is this whatever it is? And um, by the time I got out of the military, which was 22, 23, I had already really turned away from God, not having much of him in my life. And, you know, uh, drugs and bad things. But I was still living my life as a good person. I never tried to hurt anybody or do anything like that. I still lived good i just a lot of temptations started impairing my life okay and i think that happens i see it with my oldest daughter now where temptation at the age of 20 is creeping in big time so um by the time i get on military i'm 23 my mom has alzheimer's disease now and she is literally losing her mind and um i got real mad real mad at god really turned my back on him expressed it and at that point in time by proving to everybody that God didn't exist. Um, I'd read the Bible twice at that point in time for very, very bad reasonings, which was to find contradictory and reasons that I could dispute or rebuke against other individuals. And, was there a um, turning point for you there, Robert? Was there a turning point then? Yeah, so at that point, no, there wasn't. 
I was just so mad. What wound up happening was is um, the first turning point was um, my mom was near death. We actually went to Kukulo, Italy, and we went to the hometown. And uh, my mom was having dinner or lunch with some some family. It's a very small castle-like town. So they were at the very bottom section of the structure, and I was up top at St. Dominic's Church. And I was extremely upset, and I was in this church by myself, and I was having words with God out loud and telling him how pissed I was, what he had done, and all these things. And I don't know how long it had passed. I'm just in full tears, sobbing. Next thing you know, I hear a voice calling my name, Robert. Robert! And I'm like, first off, you know, here I am asking God for a sign. So first off, I just think I'm hallucinating. I turn around, and there's my mom. Hair shining through the back of her head, looked like a halo around her. And she was so clear. And at this point, my mom could barely talk. And she was clear. What are you doing? What are you doing here? Come here. I love you, Robert. And she's just telling me that we embraced each other. It was amazing. And at that point, I felt that God had given me a uh, God had given me the sign that I was asking for. Um, my mom passed away. I wasn't mad at God. Started talking to him a little bit more about how can I be better. What is it, Mom, that you wanted me to do in my life? And um, I would always uh, pray to my mom every morning. I hope things that I'm doing in my life make you happy. So did that draw you back into the faith, born, Robert? You know, what it did was, is it made me look around. And next thing you know, as those got more and more powerful with my daughter, being around, I hope the things I'm doing to help raise you, I started thinking, man, mom left a roadmap for me to know her forever. And all this can't be just lies and made up things because look at the history of it. So, uh, Robert, just for, just for the sake of time, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to wrap it up. Uh, And I mean, it sounds like you, you've, you've made your way back into the faith and I know that you're, uh, you're, uh, obviously you're listening to relevant radio. You're calling in and I'm assumingly living a, living a pretty, um, a faithful life. And certainly, I mean, just with Robert's story, Father, I think one of the things that it draws to my attention is that one of the things he did, even though he was uh, angry with God, he was keeping the lines of communication open, it seemed. Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the um, the hallmarks of, uh, of a, a healthy spirituality, is that, you know, am I always open to where God might be leading me and speaking uh, speaking to my heart. And, and I think too often um, we can either get closed to that kind of, uh, uh, commu- or, you know, questioning or looking or listening, uh, or we so fill our days and our minds with the messaging of the rest of the world that, you know, God's voice gets just, you know, shut out. And so, yeah, I, I think the blessing there for um, for Robert was clearly continuing to say, Lord, where are you in the midst of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know in my own life too, that's been a, that's been a significant, I have some significant stories of when I was angry with God, but uh, yeah, I, I let him know what I thought and, and he responded and not in a pretty humbling way, if, if I may say so, a uh, pretty humbling way, but uh, kept me close. Um, 
cut me close to him. So, Robert, thank you for the phone call. We're talking about losing faith here on the program today. Was there a time when you wandered away from the faith? What was it that pushed you away or that you would credit for leading you away? And then how did you come back? If you did come back, give us a call, 888-914-9149. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with more of The Inner Life right after this. Stay tuned. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Sarah Tafoya taking your phone calls, and also to our spiritual director, Father Mike Martin, who's a conventional Franciscan priest, pastor of St. Philip Benizi in Jonesboro, Georgia. And we're talking today about losing faith. If there's a time in your life of faith that you walked away, what was it that prompted that? And if you've returned, how? what was it that prompted your return? 888-914-9149 or send us an email, at relevantradio.com. Let's go now to Janet, who's been waiting patiently here in Wisconsin. Janet, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yeah. Um, my story is I'm a 70-year-old, sometimes wise, sometimes unwise old owl. <laughs> and um, I was born and raised Catholic, went to Catholic, you know, grade school at least. Um, got out of high school, married young at 20. Um, within that first year of being married, uh, my husband at that time decided to go off and have an affair with my boss's It sounds like a soap opera. My boss's wife and fell in love with her. So here I am, I'm 20 years old, and it led to getting divorced. Um, he, it was, he wasn't coming back to me, and it ended up in a divorce. And I found myself in a situation where this church that I had been educated in and you know, raised in, I could no longer receive the sacraments. And at the same time, I had a car accident where I almost died. Um, I had the last sacraments. I actually had a sacrament because they gave me the last rites. Um, and I got to involved with the priest that, that had um, officiated those sac- that last sacrament. And he was wonderful spiritual advisor for me after the fact. Um, I felt very hurt because um, I was not supposed to go receive communion. He was a young priest at that time, I would say contemporary, because he told me that he would never turn me away from the altar if I came. And um, and I had gone to communion a few times after. And then I start realizing, like, oh, my God, now it's a mortal sin on top of everything else that's going on here. So shortly, well, I want to say in the scheme of life, 50 years later, um, as I look back, I found myself in a Protestant church. And I found that this church embraced me totally, open arms. And I totally felt like... My church. I never got mad at God. I know you talk often about, you know, things happening and people getting mad at God. Never been mad at God. I know things happen and there's a plan and a roadmap. That's okay. I trust him. I have faith in him. Never gave up faith. But so many times I've tried to come, I've searched my soul and think maybe it's time to, as you say on Relevant Radio, come home. Um, And there's just that thing that holds me back and I can't let go of it. And is call it humility. What is it? What can't? What do I need to do? I pray on it. Oh my Lord, I pray on it. 
Um, I want to get rid of that bitter feeling I have that my church threw me away at that time. Um, since then, there had been an annulment. So in realistically, there's probably not much holding me back except for 50 years of confession, um, which could take like a lifetime, I suppose, to in a confessional. But um, I, that's where I'm at. I, I, I struggle really hard at times thinking I should go back. And then I just can't. And I, I love God. And I talk to Jesus. He's one of my best friends. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you, Janet. I think I think we I think we got the story there. Right. Father, what would you say yeah. to Janet? First of all, Janet, thanks so much for calling and, and for sh- being willing to share um, your your journey. And, um, you know, just what else do you want the Holy Spirit to, you know, bang on your heart and say, do this? You know, like you you. You, you've done everything that, um, you know, you, you sense the Lord calling you back, but you're, you're hanging on to, you know, to that, that uh, whether it's anger or bitterness, whatever it might be, and you know that's not what you were made for. You're not made to be a person that just holds on to, to bitterness. That's not the God you believe in, and that's not the church either. I, I think, uh, do it, you know, just do it, walk in, you know, and, and, I think, you know, the old, well, I haven't been to confession in 50 years and that'll take forever. Uh, I, let's slow down with that. And, you know, just go to confession once and you don't have to remember every single thing from 50 years, you know, just say what's on your heart right now and let that first step be, be sufficient, you know, for the moment. Uh, and, and watch the Lord continue to embrace you through the church in a way that is uh, is going to not only sustain your uh, your your life, but also is going to give you the support of a, a larger Catholic community that is um, truly wants you to to be a part. So, um, yeah, it, holding on to bitterness never ends well. Mm-hmm. Never ends well, and you're only denying yourself here. So. Um, the church, you know, is the instrument of Jesus's mercy, and if if we're not uh, there with open arms, uh, shame on us, you know. But I, I really believe um, the Holy Spirit's very moving deeply in your heart. Mm-hmm. Just respond, do it, take that one step. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's not always easy, as Janet's call uh, kind of reminds us, right? That it's not it's not necessarily there can be obstacles and hurdles that we that could be mentally, psychologically, emotionally. There could be all sorts of things that pop up in the way. But uh, I appreciate your advice, Father. Just do it. Do and it. Father, one of the things as we're talking about losing faith and getting away from the faith, you know, we talked about perhaps it's moral issues, perhaps it's sufferings, perhaps you know it could be a whole number of things, and you've addressed those. But um, it's it's not always just like one particular issue, is it? No, it's not. And, and oftentimes, uh, it's so interesting, some of the Pew Center research that has come out over the last 10 years uh, around, around this topic, you know, points clearly to the fact that most people do not leave the church because they lose faith on a particular topic. That that, now, even the sex abuse scandal, you know, that, that those aren't the normal reasons why people leave the church or people lose their faith, but rather it's a 
slow, you know, small step process of, of disengagement. And so, you know, if, if we don't treasure the faith that we've been given and work daily to foster a vibrant faith that has real action in our lives, what, you know, there is no, you know, like, uh, there's no, you're either going forward or you're going backward. And so too often uh, loss of faith is uh, just a failure to go forward. And in failing to go forward, we're slipping backward, backward, and we lose, we lose our faith. Uh, we've got to exercise that muscle regularly. Yeah, I like that a lot, Father. Just in our closing couple minutes here, Father, um, I think the question on everybody's minds and hearts that uh, anybody who writes in with a prayer intention about for a loved one to return to the faith, that sort of thing, what can we do? What should we do when our loved ones are, you know, when they walk away from the faith? Is there any uh, any practical advice you can give that's, uh, you know, that's good for everyone, Father? I suppose every situation is unique. Yeah, I, I would just say... Um, don't necessarily believe that you're the person to bring back the person in your life who has stepped away from the faith. It may not be you. Uh, and, and some people can't receive that message from someone in their family. It, it, sometimes it comes from someplace else, but you could be that, that person for someone else. And so it's not like we walk around looking for, okay, who's you know, fallen away from the faith so that I can bring them back. The, the Sure, there are steps when we can, you know, risk a little bit and say, hey, you know, why don't you, could we pray together? Or, you know, is there something I can pray for for you? You know, where we, you know, we can make those types of, of um, you know, investments in, in people. But the greatest gift that we can give to a world that doesn't believe is to be faith-filled witnesses of Jesus's love and mercy, that that is what the world desires at at its core. And the more we commit ourselves to being that disciple, the more credible we will uh, be believed. And and the more that those who have fallen away from the faith will say, you know, there's something about her that I want. I want some of that. So I think that's our greatest opportunity there. But the other is you may not be the one to bring the person back that you love the most. Yeah, yeah. Always looking for that one just right thing to say, but be right. a faith-filled witness. Yeah. Very good, Father. Well, Father Martin, we're so grateful that you've been here with us. Thank you so much for that. May we have a blessing from you before we close the show. Certainly. God of faith, hope, and love, uh, allow us the grace to take these gifts that you've given us and to use them uh, for our good and for your glory. Bless us all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And for those of you who are desperately praying for a loved one to come back to the faith, don't forget to call into the chaplet with Drew at 3 p.m. Central or the Family Rosary Across America. Thanks Father Simon sitting in for Father Rocky there. 7 p.m. Central here right here on Relevant Radio. Tomorrow it's getting comfortable with silence. Hope you can join us. Until then, grace and peace. Peace.